0: Today we celebrate the memorial of Saint Charbel Makhlouf, who was a saint uh, from Lebanon, a Lebanese saint, uh, and he died probably around the year 1900 or so. So it's not too long ago, about 100 years or so ago, he lived, and he was a part of a group of Christians called Maronites. I don't know if anybody is, is familiar with or have even heard of the Maronite Christians. But uh, basically, the way it works is that in the history of the church, you we we practice a particular liturgical rite that goes to Rome. Okay, that's it's the Roman rite. Uh, but in the history of the church, there's there are dozens upon dozens of liturgical rites. Okay, as time went on, there was less and less and less and less, and more and more and more. Of the Roman rite became the dominant rite. But there are still Eastern, there's still different liturgical rites that exist in the East. And the Maronites are one of them. They do their liturgy in uh, Aramaic, which is the uh, the language that Christ spoke. And the Maronites are a very, very special uh, group of Christians. Um, they have always been preserved in a very special way, uh, despite the fact of their geographical location because where they're located it's always been this battleground between east and west. So the Byzantine Empire in the the west and then the Persian Empire in the east, you know, clashing with each other in that area. And then with the the rise of Islam and the Islamic powers, you've got the clash between the western, you know, Byzantine Empire and the Islamic peoples. And they're clashing right in that area. So the fact that the Maronite Christians have even survived is a miracle. And there's a few million of them. Uh, and then, the, I mean, the, the conflict doesn't, doesn't stop. You know, you've got the Israelis and the, and the Islamic groups of people, you know, at that time. The 11, people probably remember Beirut and the Lebanese War in the, in the 70s and 80s, if I'm not mistaken. So it's amazing that these people are still around. And uh, during the Crusades, when the European Christians came over to the East, they basically found the Maronites. And the Maronites, they're like, oh, yes. Oh, yeah, you guys follow that guy, the Pope in Rome, you know, the successor of Peter? Yeah, we do, too. We recognize him, too. Although there had been a connection lost for hundreds of years between, between the West and between this group of Christians, but they had always preserved the faith that, you know, you follow the Bishop of Rome because he's a successor of Peter. So they've always been in union with the West, unlike some of the other Eastern Christian groups that have just kind of gone astray and broke away from us. Uh, So again, the Maronites are a very, very special group. Um, St. Charbel grew up and two of his uncles were monks. And so he kind of like would spend a lot of time in monasteries when he was a kid and he wanted to follow in their footsteps, so he became a monk uh, when he was young. And uh, he lived in a monastery in community for, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 years. And then after that, he became a hermit. He was given permission by his monastic community to become a hermit, to live completely by himself. This is a very ancient practice within Christianity, and uh, it's not super common. It was more common in the past than it is today. Uh, but to this day there are still uh, hermits when I was in Italy uh, for lived there for a few years for my education seminary education I visited a, a Benedictine monastery in a particular area and I was told that there were five hermits living in the woods in that area um, they don't really have contact with others and actually I think three of the five were women so they're you know, they're also called uh, the female you know hermits are called um, an anchoress, anchoresses so it's a practice that's still around to this day it's not super common but St. Charbel embraced that practice Uh, and uh, it's a very, very uh, remarkable form of life very, very sacrificial and on the surface you look at someone like St. Charbel and you think, you know I don't know, he didn't really have an eventful life he just dedicated himself to prayer that's pretty much all he did I'm sure there was some kind of manual labor that he, that he did, that he practiced and participated in on a daily basis, but but apart from that, he prayed. And seems kinda, I don't know, uneventful, maybe boring, maybe uh, he didn't make any difference in the world, but he did. He did though. Spiritually, the life of the church depends so much upon the prayers of these people who seclude themselves away, whether they do it in community or whether they're by themselves, it's a very difficult sacrificial form of life. And that sacrifice is uh, a spiritual conduit of grace for the rest of us. Um, So the active clergy such as myself and the laity really depend uh, upon the prayers of these people who are unknown, that we don't even really know who they are, but we depend so much upon them. And in testimony to how important of a of a role someone like Saint Charbel plays, we oftentimes uh, find out only after they're dead um, how important they were in the sense because there's miracles that are done. So it's with Saint Charbel, after he died, and this is this is something that happens. It's very very fascinating. But lots of times with the bodies of saints, their bodies will do these things after death that are kind of strange, like they won't. They won't really decay. They'll be sort of like resistant against corruption and decay. They might emit a kind of an odor like roses, a rose, roses or flowers or perfume or something. Uh, they might emit a kind of an oil or some sort of liquid and you take it and miracles are done with it. And that's what happened with Saint Charbel only a few days after he died. All of these kind of, uh, light phenomena was, was witnessed over his grave. And then his, he was, his body was uncovered and it was preserved intact and an oil was being emitted from his body and then that oil would be used to heal people. And he's one of the most remarkable miracle workers in the, in the modern world. There's so many miracles attributed to Saint Charvel after he died. Okay, so through his intercession. And he himself single-handedly brought about a kind of a revival of faith and piety amongst the Lebanese Christians amongst the, the Maronites in the past hundred years. So again, you know you look at him in his life and you say, well what, what's the big deal about this guy? you know um, you know nothing nothing super special about him but then after he dies, single-handedly he brought about this revival and uh, I think maybe the the takeaway message here and I'll just tie it briefly into the gospel is, If we can think of the cross, if you think of a crucifix, it's got two dimensions to it. It's got a a vertical dimension, and it's got a horizontal dimension. And Jesus, I think, in our Gospel is is talking about, you know, he's not against his family. (laughs) He's not anti-family. But what he's saying is, be careful of prioritizing the horizontal reality, the horizontal dimension of life, our relationships with one another on earth, whether they're political association or blood association. okay those are all fine. but we got to remember the more primary dimension to life is that vertical dimension, our relationship with God. So Jesus is talking about the will of God. that's what's first and then everything else comes after that. you know if you think of a cross, okay it's got two parts to it you know that vertical and that horizontal, But the horizontal can't stand without the vertical. The vertical comes first. You put the post in and then you hang the cross beam from it. Alright? So it's that vertical dimension that is the most central and important and foundational. And what God does is He preserves, just like He preserved the body of Saint Charbel and just like He preserved the Maronite Christians, He preserves the witness of the hermit to this day to help us remember that that uh, vertical dimension is the primary and most important dimension. And even though we live in the world, both you and I, we live in the world and we're busy, uh, we can't ever forget that. And we can always prioritize and remember to prioritize that uh, vertical dimension. So may it be so for us through the prayers of uh, St. Charbel.